the scripture reading for this afternoon is taken from Acts, Acts chapter 15, and for the reading we'll be doing the verses 1 to 35, after which our text is the verses 36 to 41, Acts chapter 15. And if you have a pew Bible, uh, you'll be able to find this on page 1272 of your pew Bible today. 1,272. So the Apostle Paul has just finished one of his missionary journeys. And uh, they've had a lot of joy from the outcome of this missionary journey. It's given them a lot of, it's borne a lot of fruit by the grace of God. And so they have since sailed back to Antioch where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they now completed before the church at Antioch had, had prayed for them and had prayed that God would bless them as they, as they sent them out for the work. They were their sending church, as you might say, and now they had come home to report to this sending church. And they, they gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. It wasn't just Jews who were coming to faith, many, many Gentiles had come to faith as well. And this was a real reason for, for joy for them. But it's at this time that difficulty arose in the church, and we come to that in chapter 15 here. Chapter 15, and we'll be starting at verse 1. And certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you're circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy to all the brethren. And when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all things that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up, saying, it's necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Now the apostles and elders came together to consider this matter. And when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us and that, that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders of God had worked through them among the Gentiles. 
And after they had become silent, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. After this, I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. Known to God from eternity are all his works. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are, who are turning to God, but that we write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from things strangled, and from blood. For Moses has had throughout many generations those who preach him in every city, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. Then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also named Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brethren. They wrote this letter by them, the apostles, the elders, and the brethren. To the brethren who are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, greetings. Since we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls, saying, you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment, it seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have, therefore, sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they came to Antioch. And when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. When they read it, they rejoiced over its encouragement. Now Judas and Silas, themselves being prophets also, exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. And after they had stayed there for a time, they were sent back with greetings from the brethren to the apostles. However, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord, with many others also. And now we come to our text for today, verses 36 to 41. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark, and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And, when he, and he went through Syria and Cilicia, 
strengthening the churches. So far, the word of God. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters. It's difficult when you have an argument with someone, isn't it? When you say strong words. It's especially difficult if it's with someone who is close, family member, or maybe a co-worker that you have to spend time with every day. And in some ways it can be even more difficult if it happens within the church. Because you experience this and then you, you feel a heaviness in your heart because you ask yourself, why should these things be happening in the church, in the church of Christ? What kind of witness are we showing to the world around when these things come up? You can be sure that this rose up in the heart of the Apostle Paul. He had just come back and he had spoken about, with great joy about the work that God was doing among the Gentiles, with great joy of, of the fruit that it bore. It had been an incredible harvest. And then he, he comes back to Antioch and then these men come in and they're, they're teaching another gospel. They're teaching a gospel of works. Well, they all end up going down to Jerusalem to settle this. Do you have to be circumcised? Do you have to follow the law of Moses? Are all these other additions that these people have brought and that they've preached about, that they've unsettled the church about, are they things that you have to follow, that you have to deal with? Well, these things were very quickly settled. There were voices raised in the assembly of the apostles and the other church leaders that were gathered in Jerusalem at that time, but things quieted down and they heard about the, the great work that God had been doing among the Gentiles. And then Peter stood up and he spoke about his own recent past where he had spoken out to, uh, to Cornelius, who was a Gentile, where God had shown to him by a blanket that was lowered down from heaven filled with all kinds of foreign, foo foreign foods, things that Jews otherwise wouldn't eat. And God commanding him, take and eat. That God had shown him with this too. That those people who were formerly seen as unacceptable in the eyes of the people of God would be now embraced and welcomed into the church. And so Peter had welcomed Cornelius into the church and many had received the Holy Spirit and been baptized as well. With the backing of, of Peter, they were able to hear, the, the apostles were able to hear the truth of the matter. And they were able to clear the way for all of the other churches. They were able to show the other churches that no, salvation is not by works. Salvation does not come from keeping the law of Moses, but salvation comes through the same grace that we have all received in Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul would probably have been relieved by this at this point in time. They had, you might say in quotes, won 
The Judaizers had been rebuked by the ruling. Ultimately, he knew that it was the work of God, the work of Christ, that had won out at the end of the day. But you can almost imagine the turmoil that remained in his heart. The tension, the existing tension. Frustrations were likely high and everyone was a little tense. And it's at this point, as Paul and Barnabas prepared for another journey, that another argument broke out among these two brothers, these two leaders in the church. And this was an argument over whether to take John Mark with them. John Mark was one who had traveled with them before. He had departed from them, our passage says. Uh, Another translation puts it even more strongly. He had abandoned them. And Paul was reluctant to take him back on again. Now the contention between Paul and Barnabas ended up being so sharp that they went their separate ways. We read that in Acts 15, verse 39, with Barnabas taking John Mark and the Apostle Paul taking Silas. Now, when, when you first look at this, maybe you feel in your heart that there's, there's, there's something there that's, that really grieves you. I can imagine that it really grieved the people of the church at that time, too. It would seem at first that this event would hinder the cause of Christ. But God had other plans. We'll be looking at that today under this theme. Through a story of division, God brings encouragement and hope. And we'll see, first of all, in a mission team made of fallen men. And second, how the mission team is guided by Christ. So the first question as we open this text is, who was John Mark? Why was he someone that was so important to Barnabas that he would stand up to Paul in this way? Why was he such a big figure that there would be this tension and even this division among these men, among these leaders who had worked together so successfully before, who had seen so much joy as the outcome of their work before? Well, John Mark was the son of a woman named Mary. We read this in Acts 12, verse 12. He and his mother owned a home in Jerusalem where the church was gathered. In a lot of ways, he's like many of you and me. He was a man, he he, he lived in a city. Maybe you live here in Owen Sound. He had his own home. He lived with his mother, taking care of his mother. He looked out for his family. He was a man who looked out for those he loved. And it wasn't just his own family that he welcomed into his home and that he provided for in his home. We read in Acts 12 that this was a gathering place for the church in Jerusalem at that time as well. In a time of heavy persecution, it was at the home of John Mark and his mother Mary that the the church had gathered together to pray for the release of the apostle Peter when Peter had been imprisoned by Herod and they were certain that he was going to be put to death. Some scholars also believe that it may have been the home where the Last Supper was observed just because of its location and because the apostles seemed to have a habit of meeting together in this place. 
In Colossians 4 verse 10, we also read that he was family. He was family of Barnabas. He was a cousin. Barnabas loved his family. In Colossians 4 verse 10, we read, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. And this too may have shown us, uh, this too may be another reason why he liked John Mark. More than that, he was a Timothy-type figure to Barnabas and Saul. In Acts 12, verse 25, he, he joined them as they returned from Jerusalem to Antioch. And in Acts 13, verse 5, he accompanies them, he goes out with them as they set out on their first journey. This was a man who had been living closely with them. He had been sharing meals with them. He had been sharing work with them. And they loved him. But what did he do then that was so grievous? Well, in Acts 13, verse 13, we read how he left Paul and Barnabas mid-journey. You brothers who own businesses or maybe you who who work in, in various industries... You sisters as well, maybe you've experienced that. You've been working hard and you're trying to make your business thrive and flourish and there's somebody that you're depending on day after day and then suddenly when it comes to a crucial moment, this person leaves, this, this person disappears. Well, that's hard to take, isn't it? It can be very hard to take. Suddenly you're short on laborers. Suddenly plans that you have had, especially if you've got a smaller company, plans that you've had have to be put on hold. Now, these hard feelings would have been in the hearts of Paul and maybe Barnabas as well at this time. They undoubtedly had plans for him. As they went from church to church, they had had a habit of leaving behind these men that they were mentoring to care for the churches. They did this later with Timothy as well, and they've done this with Silas as well. They'll just uh, mentor a church to a certain extent, and then they'll move on, leaving behind these men to carry on that work of helping this church to grow in maturity. So, why did he leave the Apostle Paul? Why did he cause this difficulty Well, many scholars speculate as to the reason why. In Galatians 2, verse 13, we read how even Barnabas was led astray by the circumcision group at one point in time. And uh, there are some scholars who believe that maybe John Mark himself had been influenced by the circumcision group, had been pressuring his cousin Barnabas as well to uphold these rules of circumcision, to uphold the rules of of following the laws of Moses. Now, it could be that at the time of this Acts 15 church council, he saw how his ways had been wrong and he wanted to rejoin them again. It's one possibility. At the end of the day, we are not entirely sure. Luke doesn't give us a reason why. But that's ultimately because at the end of the day, the reason why isn't important. 
It's not for us to judge the weights of the arguments, the merits of the argument between the Apostle Paul and between Mark. This is not what God desires us to do. Rather, what we see is the results. Now a rift was caused. Acts 15, 36-41. Paul did not want John Mark to join them on the second missionary journey. He didn't trust them. And Barnabas, on the other hand, was adamant about taking him with them. So now Paul with Silas and Barnabas with John Mark, they went their separate ways. And yet at this point, you can still see the patience of the brothers who were watching over these two. The brothers who had been, uh, these two groups, the brothers who had been entrusted with the care and oversight of these two groups. In Acts 13, verse 40, we see that the brothers still have a heart for the gospel. They were commended by the brothers, and they were sent on their way. They were given a blessing, and they prayed that the Lord would be with them and give them strength to carry out the work that they had that they had started with. Now, what eventually happened? There are times when it takes time to live what you preach. There are times when it takes time to walk the talk. You can see here, too, how the mission team was made up of fallen men, men like you and me. But eventually, by the grace of God, Paul and John Mark reconciled. And we see how beautiful this reconciliation truly was. It wasn't just a shaking of hands and going their separate ways, okay, agreeing not to be angry with them, uh, with the other anymore, no. In Colossians 4, verse 10, the Apostle Paul instructs the church at Colossae to receive Mark. And in Colossians 4, verse 11, together with others, the Apostle Paul says that Mark proved to be a comfort to me. Paul tells Philemon in Philemon 24 that Mark and the others are fellow laborers with him. And in his last epistle, Paul tells Timothy, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me in my ministry. Mark became close to Peter as well, to the other apostles as well, but also to Peter, who ended up in 1 Peter 5, verse 13, calling Mark my son. We can see the beauty of the grace of God in this. How despite the work uh, d- despite the effects, despite the outcomes of the lives uh, of sinful men and the words of, of sinful men, we, we can see how Christ works for good. It's beautiful when we see the, uh, this kind of outcome in the work of the church of God. We can truly see the hand of God. And this brings us to our second point, that this is a mission team that is guided by Christ.
by the grace of God, by the work of Christ in their hearts. These men are reminded once again that they aren't preaching Paul, Apollos, Barnabas, or Mark. That they are preaching Christ. And at the end of the day, as they come back to Christ, as they hold Christ as first in their lives, Christ overflows in them. In Acts 15, verse 37, we read how Barnabas was determined to give John Mark another chance. In this, we see the gift of patience pouring out of Barnabas. Now, perhaps it was because John Mark was his cousin, or uh, as, as we read in Colossians 4, verse 10, but it was likely also because Barnabas was a man who was known for encouragement. This was the name that was given to him. Barnabas, Barnabas, meaning the son of encouragement. He was a man who had a, this reputation for encouragement by the grace of God. We can read about that, first of all, in Acts 9, verse 26 to 29. If you want to turn with me there, it's Acts 9, verses 26 to 29. We see how Barnabas, with his heart changed by Christ, shows patience and shows encouragement in these verses. It's 9 verse 26, and when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. This time, as many of you know, he had been one who had persecuted the church severely, dragging them off to be imprisoned. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus, and disputed against the Hellenists. But they attempted to kill him. And when the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea, and sent him out to Tarsus. Barnabas was a man who had already begun to show the work of Christ in his life. He was a man who put in practice what Paul later called the Thessalonian church to do. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, and be patient with all. And here too we see as he's involved with John Mark how preaching Christ, Christ now overflows in him. Be at peace among yourselves. This is the grace that Barnabas is able to show. He was an encourager Himself encouraged by Christ's forgiveness, he was able to forgive this brother who had wronged him. In the second place, we can see how the Lord's work comes first by the grace of Christ. 
When Christ is poured out in the hearts of these men, they in turn are able to change their focus. It's a work of Christ alone in their hearts that does this for them. But they are able to put the work of the Lord first. Now Paul and Barnabas were unwilling to let their conflict affect their service to the Lord. They could not agree at this point in time, but they both continued to serve the Lord. Barnabas and Mark went to Cyprus, where Barnabas was from, Acts 4.36. And Paul and Silas went to Syria and Cilicia, where Paul was from, strengthening the churches. A falling out with brothers is no reason to stop serving the Lord. Indeed, as you turn to Christ and as you look to Him and ask Him to work in your life, this will overflow and spur you on. He'll fill your life with grace. We also see the work of Christ in their hearts as they don't hold a grudge, showing forgiveness as Christ had forgiven them. First of all, this is true with Barnabas. But later, this is also true with Paul, though it takes a bit more time. Paul was willing to acknowledge Mark's later usefulness. In Colossians 4, verses 10 to 11, Philemon 24, as we read, and 2 Titus 4, verse 11 as well, we are reminded again and again of how he speaks of how useful this young man is to him. Now, there are those who refuse to forgive those who disappoint them. But we don't see this coming out in the life of the Apostle Paul. No. He has been preaching Christ. He has been soaking in the words of Christ. He has been speaking of the grace of Christ again and again. And again, in, uh, in chapter 15 of Acts, he was reminded by Peter of this work of grace. And so he is able to come to a point where he forgives. And this reminds us that we too can delight when Christ humbles and receive and restore as if these brothers or sisters are a gift from Christ. We are also reminded to understand what the redemption of Christ means for you. We see this coming out in the actions of John Mark himself in our passage today. This young man, John Mark, could have let his initial failure discourage him. Whatever the cause of him leaving the team was. When the Apostle Paul turned his back on him and said, I don't want this man coming with us. He could have let this failure discourage him. But by God's grace, he did not let Failure stop his own service to the Lord. In Acts 15, verse 39, we read how he went to Cyprus anyway. He was able to take advantage of another opportunity to serve the Lord when this door closed to him. And here too, we're reminded that a mistake or sin is no reason to give up in the service of the Lord. We can turn back to the Lord again. We can lift up the name of the Lord and seek to honor him. Because he has filled us with his grace. He has redeemed us from our sin. And he doesn't let our sins define who we are. He doesn't let our sins define the road that lies ahead of us. No. He shows us a new road to walk on. A road in service to him. A road in love 
for him. Last of all, we can see how Christ used this. Imagine if in redemptive history, Mark was not treated so. Imagine for a moment with me, if, if Paul had turned his back on Mark, and then Barnabas too had turned his back on Mark. What would have been the outcome? Or perhaps down the road, even if Barnabas had supported Mark. Imagine if Paul had turned his back on Mark. What would have been the outcome? there would have been a very different outcome for the church of God. But Christ had a different plan. Mark was a young man who grew to become useful to the apostles Paul and Peter. He was a man who grew to serve the church powerfully. He even became useful for us today. This man, John Mark, This man who you and I have read about, this man who stumbled and fell, he's also the man who is the author of the Gospel of Mark. There are scholars who believe that him working together with Peter authored this Gospel, that Peter was the one dictating it and Mark was the one writing it. But Mark especially, by God's grace, was able to leave his impact on the church, underneath the hand of Christ. And at the end of the day, we can see how this is not the work of the apostles. This is not the work of broken and sinful and fallen men. But this is the work of Christ. We come back to that age-old thing that comes up again and again as people deal with the title of the book of Acts, don't we? The book of Acts is titled, the Acts of the Apostles in in many Bibles. But ultimately, we can see it's not the Acts of the Apostles, but it's the Act of Christ. God used this. Christ used this to shape and form His church. Christ used this to help spur on the growth of His church in multiple different areas. Christ used this to give us the gospel written by Mark. God used this to further his redemptive plan in getting the good news out to the ends of the earth. So what happened with John Mark? He was a man who at this time was a disappointment to the apostle Paul. He was a man who, by his very presence, ended up driving a wedge between Paul and Barnabas. But in the end, the story of division over John Mark is one of encouragement. We can see through the work of Christ how failure, how division, how hardship can be turned into success. Maybe not success immediately from the eyes of man, but certainly a success in the eyes of God. And how nothing then should keep us from trying to serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what comes up. It doesn't matter what difficulties, what trials can come up. We should look to the Lord for encouragement, even in the midst of division, even in the midst of strife, because He is the God of encouragement. Brothers and sisters, look to Christ 
Look to Christ as the author and perfecter of, our, of your faith. Look to Christ, too, as the one who will guide and protect his church. Look to him in all these things, and you will be safe. He will give you encouragement and hope, even in the most difficult of times. Amen.